Suits and welcome in to another House Party Protocol special report. My name is Will, and with me today is the one and only Merzane, as usual, for our special report, the rebrand of the TTS special report. And Suits, I gotta ask, how are you liking the idea of this rebrand and how this format's working? So far, it seems like it's been getting a good response, but uh, keep letting us know because I want to make this. A, a real community-focused, community-driven episode style here. So, yeah, let us know. But uh, with that, Merzane, what's happening? I have awoken uh, from bed and walked my dogs and uh, hopped on my computer, and now we're here. You know, I did a similar thing. I didn't have to walk my dogs. I just let them out to the backyard, and they ran around, dug some holes, did some stuff, and then, yeah, here we are. Well, that's the dream one day to have a backyard to release my animals into. It's, it's for now, let's walk them manually. <laughs> I mean, you could just unleash them into the the community. I don't know if you're in an apartment or not, but you know. Oh, we are. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, just just unleash them. It's fine. It's fine. God, I don't know what the new one would do. She would probably not go too far, but the the big one, Bailey, he'll uh he'll sprint to the nearest highway. Oh, really? He just. He, as soon as he recognizes he's off leash, uh, he is, he's just gone. Yeah. <laughs> he loves it. Well, I mean, hey, freedom, you know, freedom. So he wants it. Look, I'm sure that he definitely is like, you know, Braveheart there at the end, you know, freedom. Yeah. You know, what I'm oh, yeah. It, it's, it's a, I can hear it in his little dog voice. <laughs> so, Merzane, we've got some really interesting rosters to talk about today, and we're going to hopefully get through at least two. And I'm really excited for this because we got some really fun ones submitted through the House Party Protocol Discord. And we're going to start with one from Phoenix Ben. He calls it Squid Games, which I think is a pretty clever name. And also, uh, he said he's taking it to an event on Saturday, so I feel like this is a good opportunity to kind of talk about this list, break it down a little bit, maybe see if there's anything that we could uh, massage a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, and, mm-hmm. uh, and and see what we can find out. So without further ado, let's jump right in to the characters. So this is a Hydra list, first and foremost, and there's going to be three leaders here, but it's definitely Hydra. So we've got Arnim Zola, Baron Strucker, Baron Zemo, Crimson Dynamo, Dr. Voodoo, Hood, Red Skull, Master of Hydra, Toad, Winter Soldier, and X-23. For tactics cards, we have Advanced R&D, Inevitable Betrayal, Mission Objective, Sacrifice, Scientific Method, The High Council, Trip Up, Victory Assured, World Domination, and Exceptional Healing. Crisis cards are Infinity Formula Goes Missing, Mayor Fisk Vows to Find the Missing Witnesses, Riots Spark Over Extremists 3.0, Extract Crises, 
Fear grips the world as worthy terrorized cities, so hammers, always a crowd pleaser. Mutant extremists target U.S. senators, and struggle for the cube continues. So it's a pretty solid little Hydra list there, and the first thing I want to talk about is where when I look at like the crisis and the tactics cards, world domination, if you pull Mayor Fisk, just you're, that's, that's coming out, and you're going to be down immediately. <laughs> Yep. And and how how does that play work, Merzane? Uh you just move up with uh Red Skull, right? And then you uh, you just use world domination. Yeah, yeah. So the Hydragoons <laughs> run up to one side, Red Skull runs up to the other side, then you immediately just play world domination because it doesn't say that it's checking for anything. So insta victory point. Is and then is. Uh, power, right? They get power? Uh, let's see, yep. And then uh, they get one power for every two they're securing, so they'll get one power. Yeah, that's a pretty good uh, opening opening gambit. It really is. It's funny. As soon as you asked me what the play was, I was like, uh, I have to figure this out because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. I, hadn't, I had not heard of that play because I haven't really seen it discussed a lot since it got errated. Oh, really? Yeah, I haven't. I, I saw a lot of people trying to figure out how much they liked it, and then it got changed from the what you are controlling to what you are securing. Yeah, exactly. So it, as I say, it did have a change from what you see in like Cerebro. I'm not sure uh, if you whatever app you're particularly using or whatever, but in Cerebro, you're able to scroll through and you can see what the errata says. And the errata now says if you are securing all secure objective tokens an allied hydra character may play this card so it's a little bit different but still the play it's really nice and it's one of those things where i like it because if you are expecting to go down on maybe extracts early then you can say okay cool well i've got victory assured i'm gonna be up by at least one point on the one of these secures and and we'll go from there. Or just like if in a close game, it can either keep you in the running late game or could just win the game uh, mid round at a later stage of the game. Oh, absolutely. But that's that's a good question. We're saying, I mean, with a play like this, do you just hit it right off the rip or do you save it because there's only two secures? I'm a player who likes to get a lot of early advantage and snowball. So typically, I would probably play it uh, right off the rip, unless there's like an, a reason at deployment where I'm like, oh, wait, actually, I shouldn't send a Red Skull to the middle. Like, uh, I don't know, maybe they have, they positioned people to to take Red Skull instead. So like, yeah, I can move up and I can get the point. But then I probably get Red Skull dazed or put into an awkward position where he's going to be KO'd in a couple rounds. And then I can save it. Um, but either one is fine. I think that it's, it's it's kind of a threat, right? Like the other one they have, Inevitable Betrayal, uh, lets you pay eight to have a character that's contesting a secure, and then that chosen character counts as one of your characters for con- uh, secures yeah. for the round. Uh, like those two in the late game become really, really scary because that's a lot of points just like that your, your opponent can just randomly obtain. 
Yeah, and Inevitable Betrayal is a little bit harder to pull off because of the eight power cost. Mm-hmm. But I, I gotta say, I, I agree with you. Like, I'm, I'm with you. Press that early advantage if you can. But if you do hold it, you, you definitely have some interesting play that your opponent has to think about. Like, they can't just ignore that fact. And since there's only two secures on Mayor Fist specifically, you're, you're highly likely to, to get that off. And then again, like, just finish off the game right there. Like, well, now your opponent can't catch you or whatever, you know? So, yeah, I like it. So, we've talked about that play, but let's talk about these characters. So, I, I feel like we've got the, the kind of, you know, set it, forget it, Hydra characters, right? The Zola, Strucker, Zemo, uh, Red Skull, and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. But we've got some interesting Splash characters here. We've got a Crimson Dynamo Splash, a Dr. Voodoo, a Hood, a Toad, and an X-23. And I want to know what you think about these splash characters and are there any Hydra characters that you think are missing from here? Um, so it looks to me like Crimson Dynamo may be our high council target. Um, I always look at the fours cause that's, you want to get the max if you can him or X 23 are probably the two we bring in off of, off of high council voodoo. We don't voodoo is just voodoo, right? Like do we need, how much more can we say about voodoo? Uh, other than he's fantastic and we've already got stuff to control the secure game in our, in our tactics. And I feel like, you know, Hydra's pretty good at dealing with the secures. Having an extract character is, is pretty good to shore up that little bit of weakness. Yeah. Um, X 23 cuts through everything. Um, I think hood is cool because it's kind of like talking about him in our, in the Sentinels builds that we were playing where the bleed doesn't matter as much. And yeah. here, if you're playing Strucker, at least you just, you get the bleed and then you give it to someone else. Right. And the bleed didn't matter. Right. And then Toad's Toad. Toad is I Toad. I think it's exceptionally good here. I think you're more likely to see him doing incinerates in this uh, affiliation, probably, because they probably want to see it more often, which is why I probably wouldn't suggest a different two. I think Toad's great for that. Yeah, I also um, feel like that with Toad, you're probably likely to play Toad when you're playing Red Skull Master of Hydra because of the bonus power situation uh, because toad can easily get an objective and then get the power during the power phase so he'll have two power for an incinerate off the rip an incinerate or a hop if he's got to leave exactly yeah like he's just he's just really really good with like both leaderships exactly and another fun thing about that is i mean slippery is online without taking damage from a toad turn two, right? So if Toad's able to move up and grab an extract early and let's say he doesn't take any damage, you know, like one of my things that I try to do is every time I see a Toad, I'm like, well, I'm losing that extract or I'm going to kill him in one shot. Let's see what happens. And uh, so I'll move up and I'll try to kill him in one shot. It never goes well. He gets two power. He slipperies away. And I think what's interesting here is if your opponent chooses not to go after Toad and maybe he's like, okay, well, I'll go after him top around two. Well, Slippery's online without even taking that damage. So I, I just find that really interesting if he's playing under Master Red Skull, which I really yep. like. So, yeah. Yeah, Toad, no, Toad's he's, awesome he's just, he, I think he is un, 
unbelievably that's not the word I want to say. He is a uncontested the best two threat character for I think this affiliation and probably this list. Yeah. Yeah, completely agree. And you touched on X23 and I think that X23 is one of those that you're going to see with this list on the table all the time because when we yep. think about like threat values and everything like if you're playing a little wider and you're playing Zola Strucker Zemo as like a nine threat starter and then you throw in X23 well that opens up another kind of little bit of a gross play in uh, is I say gross it's amazing but it's a little gross too uh, in uh, scientific method onto X23 so that could be like a 12 point thing that you do and then Zola throws the scientific method which is a tactics card that allows him to spend two power and then a character within range three of Zola and threat value three or less suffers two damage and then gets to do this six dice mystic attack for one power. And then uh, the target character suffers one damage for each skull in the defense roll. But even more so than that, the unnatural mutation that allows the character, in this case X-23, to add two dice to its defense rolls unless the attacker pays two power. So X-23 just snowball into murder death machine. Yeah, you're right. That is disgusting, and I hate it. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> it's it's super gross. That's really cool. Yeah. It's it's a really, really strong play. And I've I've seen someone do it uh locally, and it's it's really good. And that's why I'm saying, like, I think I think X23, you mentioned high council with X23. I think X23 is on the board whenever Zola's on the board, which I think is regularly. You know, I think mm-hmm. let's let's yeah. we can talk more about the characters in a second, but let's think about like threat values and stuff. At what combinations do you think we're gonna see like Red Skull, Zola, and X twenty three, or the one I mentioned, like the twelve? Like I think that the go wide play is very interesting, like and, and trying to leverage that, I think is is really interesting. But uh I mean is Red Skull, Zola and and Something is that like a thing you think? Uh, I think. Well, he obviously is going to do that if he's trying to go for a high council stuff, right? Right. Which that's what fourteen points. Yeah. So maybe that's his play for mutant extremists. Uh, like if he gets to a fort, or like if someone does a sword base on him, he gets a, he gets a a fourteen threat. Uh, scenario he he can try his best to do a uh, make it a an 18 threat for him right right <laughs> um that might be like literally just the plan and also like it scales up from 14 to 16 you can put in toad mm-hmm. uh at 17 you can add x23 and get the the combo and at uh 18 you can do uh dr voodoo yeah and there you go all that keeps the crimson dynamo online and and i think that that's really you nailed it there like the 17 right like if you look at if you look at his crisis values we've got three opportunities for 17 in this which i think is is very intentional Mm -hmm. i think he's got a lot of ways to flex especially winter soldier right because we talked about going wide yeah so like at 17 the widest he can go would be like strucker zola zemo winter soldier at 12 points 
23 at 15 and then toad bringing us to uh uh six wide and still affiliated good god and that's uh almost everyone able to apply some sort of uh condition so they can heal themselves it's for me when I when I listen to that list, right? Like, yeah, the condition thing, it's, it's cool. But I don't even like that's just a lot to deal with. That's a, <laughs> it's lot, a lot to of hate. <laughs> you know, I mean, even Zola, like, I, I constantly hear from my locals that have been playing Hydra and stuff like that. When I look on the online and stuff, it's like, man, Zola is so good. And uh, yeah, that is correct. He is really good and. Yeah, if you get to him and you're able to kind of punch him down with some physical attacks, he, he kind of crumbles a little bit. But being able to choose any type on his attack, being able to give people the re-rolls, I mean, it's it's so good. He's he's pretty darn oh, yeah. good. So, Yeah, uh, I have a friend who's just now getting back into MCP. After a while, and he he picked up Hydra and brought him to a tournament, and he was really impressed. He he, he thought that they looked like on paper a little bit weaker. He just wanted yeah. to play them because he thought the he thought the, the the thematics were cool, right? And like yeah, they have a lot of weird stuff that they do. And he was really pleasantly surprised by how much they perform, and they do like uh, their 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 strengths are hidden like underneath. Uh, a layer yeah. of they're just stupid scientists. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, I I kind of interrupted you, and I'm sorry. You were going to mention something about Crimson Dynamo here. Oh, um, I I just think like he's he's more than likely literally only there to be brought in by High Council. I, I, I can agree. see him being brought in sometimes because he's still solid. Uh, but I don't know why you would bring him over Doctor Voodoo most times. Unless you're wanting to get like the shocks down on his beam. Yeah. Um, or you just need someone super tanky. Um, uh, I think he's a good choice because, like I said, the shock, that's going to heal him as well if you're under Strucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to help you be a little bit more defensive. So, like, that really changes your game a lot, I think, when he hits the table. Like, early game, you're like, all right, well, now I got to position around this stupid Crimson Dynamo or whatever. But then late game, or mid game when like, you know, high council is going to go off if it goes off. Um, you're not going to be in. You're you're probably out of position for a Crimson Dynamo, and it's probably one of the reasons he chose Dynamo over like a Medusa or um, who's another like a Vision, who's kind of yeah. similar. Is I think that Dynamo is going to punish those bad positioning choices a little bit more. I agree. I agree, and. That's the spot I think that we could make the most, like we could say, okay, well, what you just mentioned is what we could potentially change with this roster, but I agree with you. I think Dynamo makes a lot of sense, more so than the Medusas and the Visions of the World. I think that with what this list wants to do, and then, I mean, you've got some squishies, you know what I mean? Like Baron Strucker, Zemo, X-23, unless she's got the scientific method, thing uh winter soldier like they're fairly squish so having a crimson dynamo come in and being able to say okay you're within three of me and now the attacker has to re-roll dice so i think that's pretty good i think my only complaint because we you know we always talk about like things to improve i think 
I see where he's going for with the uh, with this list and like the high council and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's potentially like, really backbreaking, right? So like like we talked about on a fourteen threat, being able to spawn in uh, a crimson dynamo for a tactics card essentially uh, can almost win you the game right there. And even like at higher threats, like just bringing in another character is really good. I used to do it with with sinister, and I think that this list and these characters are better than what I was doing with Sinister and Sinister himself. So, um, like, it's it's pretty good. My only issue with the High Council is I think in, like, local play, it's really good. In tournament play, it's much harder to get off. My example of my friend that got into, um, into back into MCP with, with Hydra, like, he was trying to do the Sinister High Council stuff because we thought it was funny. We yeah. eventually kind of like moved away from the sinister angle or trying to do both at the same time. Um, and he found it was really, really hard in a tournament where people know what high council does. Uh, it was really hard to get it to activate and he never really got it to work. Yeah. And it kind of became apparent in that setting with a slightly different mentality of player that, Oh Yeah. People are going to counter it more often. People are going to not let me get it because um, they're going to see me playing it and gonna they're going to actively make decisions to stop it, which, yeah. you know, may or may not be a good thing in a tournament. Maybe that forces some weird, you know, I, I like to make people make stupid decisions sometimes. And maybe that makes people make dumb decisions sometimes to stop you from getting four threat. Like they accidentally threw the game to prevent you from getting in Crimson Dynamo. Um but I think it's a little bit win more, right? Like if you're getting it off, you're probably doing really well because your yeah. opponent didn't stop you. And then you're just solidifying your win. I think what would be better potentially for a tournament, again, just tournament stuff, uh, would be a card that helps shore up a weakness or a potential like problem. And, Dynamo might be fine, but he might could also be a different character um, that gives you a little bit more flexibility. Okay, so I'm with you. Like, the thing about the High Council, you you get into any MCP Discord or Facebook group, and there's going to be a story about someone that pulled off a High Council. And it's, like, the best feeling in the world for the person that did it, and the person that got it done to, I'm sure it was like, ah, crap. But... It's one of those things where I agree with you. I think in the higher play, you can see it coming. I mean, it, it's it's very much a a play that is set up very w- easily. And the hardest part of it is probably the Strucker part of it. and Or maybe the Zemo part, really. But either way, I, I think that it's, there's enough that's difficult to it where if you bring this card, you have to have a very distinct plan on how to get it off. And if you don't, and if your opponent is able to play around it while also playing scenario well, then you're just kind of stuck with a dead tactics card, which can be pretty bad. So, you know, I think it's worth taking in your 10. I I wouldn't drop it necessarily because... If you do feel like you get the right setup, then it's game-changing. And I think on 14, you mentioned that as a specific threat value. 
I think that's actually the hardest threat value to get this off at because you you have mm. less options to to kind of, like everything has to be perfect, you know what I mean? Yep. So I think that's the harder one to do. However, it's one of those things where if you got a plan and like I think something like like a infinity formula or extremis or something like that, which he has in this list, are very good for trying to achieve this objective because you can strategically place characters like Strucker and Zemo to where you can get the maximum benefit and what they need to accomplish. So it's just one of those things, your turn zero has to be perfect in terms of where you're going to deploy and who's going to go where so that you can maximize the, the chance to have this. But all that aside... Crimson Dynamo being potentially another character to increase that flexibility, who would you recommend? I would say if we're going to lean away from High Council, uh, one I could recommend that fills a similar role um, would be maybe Lizard. Uh, now, he doesn't do Strucker things, unfortunately, but he's another character with healing factor. So if you've got, you know, we talked about the 17 with Toad as our last character. At 18, Toad becomes Lizard, and we've got a six wide with three healing factor characters. Lizard's tanky as heck. Yeah. <laughs> and he's gonna, uh, he's got some movement stuff, like being able to push people. Um, that's gonna, not super reliable, mind you, but he has that capability. Um, and he kind of gives you something that you don't have in a lot of these characters, which is just literally someone to go stand on a point in danger um, and not really fear them being hurt. Yeah. Uh, you could also, if you did decide to remove high council, add in something like um, no matter the cost is what I was looking at where we, since we'd have so many healing factor characters, no matter the cost becomes a really easy card to slot in that costs you almost nothing especially like on an x23 right yeah you move up round one and claw rush someone for free because she's just going to heal both damage you took from it yeah and get her set up in a good position uh with having made just made an attack um and if it's in like a list where you've done the um uh like this is a really good snowball example, right? So you do uh, what world domination to give everyone two power. Yeah. Uh, she moves up, or you go ahead and you go ahead and give her with Zola the the um, the scientific method. Uh, she moves up, which can be second activation if you wanted to. Uh, doesn't no matter the cost. If she manages to one shot somebody, then she has two power to frenzy, and she can hit someone else. Yeah. Uh, so you get this really crazy round one snowball potential and it doesn't just last. It's not just round one because now you, if you didn't do all that crazy stuff, now you've got an X 23 who's put some damage on somebody and is in a basically moved twice, but did a six die attack with Pierce into somebody. Um, and she's in the exact same position she was going to be in before, but with two power now. So she can either claw rush again or, or set up the frenzy, which should be easier because you soften someone up. Yeah, that's that sounds nasty. <laughs> uh, and, and it's one of those things. I think that help. But high council does nothing for your early game aside from the mental play that you do with somebody. Yeah, I think that um, no matter the cost, it can get played in more of your more of your builds. I mean, like 
Hood can use it. Lizard can use it. Strucker can use it. His is fine, right? Like, uh, yeah. oh, I actually, even better. It heals them for each damage you dealt. So if you just deal the damage you dealt with no matter the cost, you, you paid for it for free and then you healing factors. Yeah. Uh, uh, like all these characters don't mind doing, I think Red Skull doesn't mind it so much either. It helps him get his really cool attack. Uh, oh, he hurts himself a little bit, so maybe you don't want to. Yeah, I don't think you want uh, him hurting himself because you want you want all-consuming obsession to be how you hurt yourself. Yeah. Uh, Winter Soldier likes it because Red Fury is nuts. Like, absolutely one of the best spenders in the game. And one of your few forms of, like, character movement, I think, in this yeah. list. I don't remember, like, every single character. Um, and X-23 and, and Baron Zemo both... Baron Zemo also likes it for the same reason. Steel Rush is a really good attack that being able to get out early in the game or when you're not supposed to get it because someone's counting your power. Yeah. Just can swing it. Toad. Toad getting an incinerate for free round one, basically. Like, yeah. you don't care if he gets hurt. Yeah, so you mentioned that there. Like, what tactics cards would you trade out for that? Would it be Trip Up? Trip Up would be one. The other one, I think Trip Up, Trip up's another discussion. Uh, I'm I don't like these kind of cards where you're. It's like grievous wounds. It's a great ability, great payoff, but if it doesn't work, uh, you wasted a tactics card slot and some power. Mm-hmm. I think definitely that for trip up would be great. Um, and if you want, if there's something I'm missing for trip up, say you wanted to swap out the high council, I think that would be a good card to slot in. But I definitely think one of the two needs to. I think they're both like your 10th card. Yeah. So, and I, then, so one of them needs to go. I really think that the high council is, I don't want to say a staple to any Hydra list. Cause I don't think it's necessarily that, but I think it's, it's definitely worth having. And I think it's that little bit of a mind game that you're playing with your opponent of like, well, they're going to be trying to get a four threat character. in, so I got to be worried about that the whole time. I think that has value, you know, yeah. Whereas trip up, like trip up is an interesting card in that the effect is really good. And it's for those of you that haven't seen this card in a while, when an allied character targets an enemy character with an attack during its activation and the target character is within range two of another allied character, the allied characters may spend one power each to play this card. So it's going to cost you two power, one from two from two of your characters. If the target character is dealt damage by this attack, after the attack is resolved, it suffers stun and stagger special conditions. So two very strong special conditions, but a lot of qualifiers, a lot of qualifiers. And I feel like if you've got two characters that are close in on a target, one of them could easily be dazed. You know, it's, it's, it feels like, it, again, another situation where you're kind of telegraphing and, like, saying, okay, well, I've got Strucker sitting here next to this character who's unactivated. I'm going to run in a Hood who is now going to try to deal some damage over here and maybe get a trip up off. And I feel like that's doable. But I agree with you in that maybe not so much mat- no matter the cost. Like, I like those plays. I, I like all of the idea there. But I think that that's definitely like your 10th tactics card slot that you can really turn into something more useful. And 
for me, I think no matter the cost is a really good option, but another one that I think could be really strong would be like a fallback for this list because I think the weakest part of this list is the extract play, sort of. So like trying to keep Strucker, Zemo, Hood, Toad, X-23, Winter Soldier, trying to keep these these characters that are a little less defensive, trying to keep them alive or at least keep the objectives out of your opponent's clutches. I think something like a, a fallback could be a pretty nice option here. But I mean, you have mission objective, but I still kind of, you know, kind of yeah. like the fallback option. I don't know. Yeah, fallback or escort to safety would both also be pretty good in this slot. Yeah, um, I could see escort being a solid one. It's just, it costs three power. And I think so many of these characters want to be using that power. Yeah. The the hard part with fallback, which is one of the reasons, one of the reasons I didn't advise it was because I feel like it wants to be a bit more proactive than reactive and fallback's more reactive. And you have to pay the two power before you take damage. So sometimes uh, it can be a little tough to, to have that two power on some of these characters, I think. Um, but it was the, it was my other option if we wanted to swap things out. That's fair. Yeah. Um, Mission objective was the other one I was going to advise. And then I saw it and I was like, wait a minute. Uh (laughs) It's already in there. there. Yeah. But um, I I think trip up while very cool, um, potentially just you either never going to play it or it's going to be in your list and you're never going to get it off. Like just like you said, there's so many qualifiers, right? Like you got to have another character within two. You have to, you have to damage the character first, which Let's be honest. Every time you need to damage a character, it never happens. It never happens. Second, you need to damage that character and not daze them. Because what's you're going to be like, oh, I one-shot them with my builder, and I didn't get the trip up. So now I feel like a jerk for being disappointed and wasting a slot. <laughs> right. But I wasted a slot and two power to instead one-shot them. Yeah. Um, I think it's cool versus characters like Juggernaut or Malekith or Hulk that you're not going to one shot, but at the same time, you're also not likely to do damage to some of these characters. So, and stun is pointless on those. Yeah. Stun is literally useless on all of them. You would just be doing it for the stagger, which is valuable. You wanted to stagger a big guy. I think I'd take black cat. So, so that was going to be like, we're bouncing around a little bit here and I think that's okay. But that was going to be like, if you drop Crimson Dynamo, I think Black Cat would be the the other option there. Because that's probably my biggest question mark is, how do you deal with Malekith in this list? And how do you deal with Hulk in this list? And I think that it's you're, you're hoping that Red Skull, Master of Hydra does the job. I think. If you see those two characters... Yeah. But I don't know, man. Yeah, there's the, the the issue with Malekith specifically for Hydra, I think, is there's not a lot of good ways to deal with them, except maybe bog him down with conditions, which you can try. But it's just so hard. Like, even with, like, a black cat, um, she becomes a pretty decent stun, like, stagger bot into him because under Red Skull, yeah. she can get two power every round. But sometimes it's just not enough. Um, yeah. And if we take out Crimson Dynamo, we need to take out. I think 
that's the high council target and it kind of needs to go. I think if we wanted to add black cat and keep high council, we probably take out hood. Um, because I think hood does some cool stuff for the list, but again, like, would you rather be healing the damage after it happened? Meaning that your characters didn't get dazed or would you rather be stopping the damage first? And I think black cat does that better Sure. And yeah. also gives you the the extract advantage. The extract plays if you don't have room for voodoo. You don't have to make like hard decisions to fit the four thread in. You can have the three threat, and uh, it can be like a little bit easier on your list building. Yeah, I could see that. I I do really like Hood here, but I can see him being a drop and trade for Black Cat because I do think that unfortunately we live in a world, and I don't want to say unfortunately. That's that's probably the bad way to put it, but. We live in a world right now where you have to account for the fact that if you're going to an event, you're going to see Malekith. So you have to at least have some kind of a plan to deal with him. And I think that's okay. I know other people will disagree, Shadow Marvel, looking at you. But like it, it's okay to, I think, have a character that has a big impact that you have to say, okay, well, we're going to have to deal with that character. And as long as it doesn't prevent you from at least doing somewhat what you want to do then I think it's okay we, we, we can get into other arguments and we've had discussions on this podcast before about why it's not okay and stuff like that but I don't I just don't see anything here other than maybe you'd be trying to trip up play but that's big risk uh, th that's gonna really really help you deal with that and and with that being said, though, if you're going to a tournament, anybody, Phoenix Ben, your list here, but anyone, you're going to a tournament and, and you just want to play and you're not really worried about Malekith and all that stuff and you think to yourself, well, if I see him, I see him and we'll just see what happens, that's fine too. That is more than fine too. If, if the objective, though, is to compete and to, like, I, I'm, I'm kind of rambling here, Merzane, but like... <laughs> You and I both know, no one goes to a tournament just to get their teeth kicked in. Yep. They go to have fun, right? And fun doesn't necessarily mean winning every game. Some people, that's their idea of fun. Fun doesn't mean punishing other players with your oppressive models and combos. Yep. That, mm -hmm. that does mean that for some people. But, you know, fun means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And if you're cool with not having the tools to deal with a Malekith or thinking that maybe you have some secret tech. Like, that's may maybe there's something here that I'm not seeing. Like, I actually think Red Skull Master of Hydra is a decent play into Malekith. I think he's a decent play because Empower Gauntlets, being able to add blanks to a six-dice attack, Victory Assured, I think can, like, help. You know, so it's one of those things where I, th I think there's play... But I don't necessarily think that it's, you know, the strongest of plays. And it's one of those things where you kind of got to figure out what that balance is. So, it, but again, just to clean it all up here, if you're, if you're going to an event, I would expect that you're going to see Malekith. And therefore, like, I would want to have some way to address that. That's, that's, yeah. that's it, all it is. The... The unfortunate truth, which I have learned many times, is that if your goal is to uh, 
hashtag dodge the problem uh, <laughs> in a tournament <laughs> and just say, well, I won't get paired against the Malekith. Someone else will, and hopefully they'll take it out before I have to deal with it. That's when you play against every single Malekith at the tournament. <laughs> exactly. Um, and like you said, if there's some secret tech or if you're not terribly concerned about it or just want to like play around, this is more of like a, a for fun thing. That's great. And you know, all of these suggestions are more for, you know, these are what we think of for specifically a tournament focused mentality with not getting the win in mind or winning at all costs, but performing well and maximizing the things you want to do. Yeah. Um, now, unfortunately, with stuff like High Council, I think competitively, that's one of those like sometimes it's a little uh, it's a little bit more cute than uh, doable, but I think you can still use it. I don't think it has to be taken out. And I sure. think you can get a lot of work out of it. Um, so this isn't meant to be like, oh, you're wrong for bringing Crimson Dynamo. It's, no, 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 no. Yeah, no. Dynamo is great. But for this specific reason, maybe we should consider this. I think that's kind of what you're saying, right? It, that's exactly it. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I I love Crimson Dynamo. I want to find reasons to put him in my lists. I just, he doesn't work with kind of what I'm going for. So it does, you know, I haven't put him in as much. But like, I think that like Hood or Dynamo becoming Black Cat is an interesting choice. And I think, like I said before, I think the High Council stays no matter what, just because I think you can make some interesting things happen. I mean, shit, getting a voodoo in late also can pay dividends but the the last thing i want to talk about with this list uh before we get to crisis selection uh is the restricted cards so we've got advanced r&d and sacrifice and those are two very interesting restricted slots because there's no healing there's no brace for impact there's no indomitable which are kind of like the the three big ones. How do you feel about these? I think they're fine. Um, R&D tells me you have a plan for R&D. Mm-hmm. I don't see a plan for R&D, which maybe that makes it an even better plan for R&D. Um, but I think the thing with R&D, especially in the current uh, errata of it, is that it's not just like a great throw in and use card. You have to have a plan for it. And if your plan is, well, I'll just use it sometimes. Make it, make it uh, brace. <laughs> yeah. Just make it brace for impact or patch up. One of the two. Um, sacrifice is great. I'm trying out sacrifice in my uh, current build um, over indomitable. Um, and turns out people that shouldn't be bodyguarding, being able to randomly bodyguard for one power um, makes a big difference sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't see any reason. You're not really bidding for initiative, so I don't think disarm's very good for you. Um, yeah. Brace is always great. Follow me. I don't think you need follow me. Indomitable's fine. Patch up's fine. Yeah. Um, for, sacrifice for me, is fine. The, the option here, like, cool. If you've got an advanced R&D play, I'll, I'll more power to you. I'm, I'm here for it because I love advanced R&D. It's one of my favorite cards in the game, especially in its old form, and I'm constantly reminded that the old form was awesome. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, it, it's one of those things, like you said, having a play for it is very important. For me, I don't leave home without Brace for Impact. I, I don't leave home without it. Because yep. there is enough in this game that will 
throw crap into you. And I mean, look at Warfare Weekend as an example, right? Brotherhood was the third most taken affiliation. Yeah, I think it was only six people, maybe. I, I can't remember exactly how many. It was the third most taken affiliation. And I mean, if you got a mags coming at you, like, again, how do you deal with that? And that's what I think of when I think of a tournament setting, right? Like I've talked about this before and it's, you know, questions and answers, right? Do you want to just have all the questions that your opponent has to answer or do you want to have some answers for everything that your opponents are going to bring to you? And I think striking that balance is what is key. And having an answer like Race for Impact, yes, it's once per game. You're only going to get, it's only going to happen one time. That one time, if you choose right, could be pivotal. So, I uh, yeah, I don't know. I I'm I'm here for advanced R and D, but brace would definitely be <laughs> something that I'm I'm heavily considering. Yeah, if if it's if there's no solid plan for it, brace is probably the option. Sacrifice, I think, is fine if you don't have brace, but. I could I could see consideration to add brace. I also don't leave home without brace. It's just yeah. if there's any card I know I'll get use out of in most of my games, it's going to be brace. Yep, absolutely. And if I'm not bringing brace for some reason, I'm I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah, hundred uh, percent. I'll say one final thing here regarding trip up. If you were going to take out trip up, I think recalibration matrix is in play. I think. Me personally, recal is better than fallback. I can agree with that. Fallback is worse than recal is worse than no matter the cost for me. Especially if you if you follow my uh, my sinister advice of uh, going uh, drop hood dynamo for uh, lizard black cat, drop high council, <laughs> trip up uh, for no matter the cost recal. Yeah, yeah, that was a whole long walk for a short drink of water yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i mean there's a lot of reasonings for it right like it just is. saying no, oh, trip up get that out of here yeah no no that, that's not what we do here merzane that's not what we do here we exactly. give measured approaches to people's lists so yeah and inevitably like we've talked about trip up might be in there for a reason we don't know and if you're able to get it off it's extremely powerful and it's not a bad decision. It is a risky decision. And in competitive play, you want to minimize your risks. That's because it. the if you can take an 80% chance to an 83% chance, it makes a difference. It does make a difference. And uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think that about covers it. Let's talk about crises. Anything you would change here on the crises? Infinity Formula, Mare Fisk, Riot Spark for Secures, Extracts, Hammers, uh, mutant extremists, so senators, and then struggle for the cubes. Um, maybe riot spark. I don't know how you do with these, how well you are with these. And I'm a really big fan of uh the intrusions. Um, I like. You also don't really care much about demons, so. Yeah, yeah, I like intrusions. I like demons. Uh, intrusions is one of my favorite crises. Uh, just in yeah, general. Mine too. I think riot sparks is here because you can park a Zola on one of those, like your home one, and not feel too upset about it. Like, yeah, his range four doesn't quite reach to the other side of one of the corners, but, like, I feel like you can at least 
kind of make some play there and make it interesting. Uh, for me, I think the extracts are the interesting one. Like, Struggle for the Cube, you've got enough people that have healing factor that I think you're okay with it. But I would maybe think about Montesi, maybe. I also have a little bit of a weird love for Montesi. And because, but I do think that if you play wide enough and you, you, you definitely, you have a toad, you know, you have these characters that are going to be okay going up and grabbing a middle objective. So then I think cubes is pretty solid. So. Yeah, I think cubes is fine. Um, there's no real game plan for the single extracts or deadly legacy. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of out. This isn't a brawly list. You don't want research station as much. Yeah. Um, Montesi's good. Spider infected's fine. So I think that this list is, I think that this, this layout's fine. Um, if, I don't like mutant extremists unless it's specifically to try to leverage high council. But like you said, it is a bit risky because there's less resources to deal with and less targets to, to have uh, go off with the high council. So if it's just there for that, like I think it might be probably better as Montesi. Um, But other than that, I think the secures are fine. Extremists for something else. Maybe, maybe Uh, extremists only if you're running the, the how council uh you mean uh, yeah mutant extremists you you said extremists extremists extremists. target u.s senators senators (laughs) u.s senators sinisters as a yes u.s excuse me uh so yeah i mean i'm with you on all of this and uh in terms of riot spark i think it's there because the 17 i think is really strong with this hydra list yeah so I i could see that which is why i think trading out senators for a Montesi might be interesting again. Try like I think I think the seventeen is strong with this list. So something to think about. Alternatively, uh, if you do the lizard play, mutant madmen with lizard, and uh, that that list I suggested would be very cool instead of the extremists. Yeah, that's also a good option. So yeah, uh, Phoenix Ben, thanks for sharing this list with us. I hope that we have maybe uh, helped you look at this in a different way and you know hopefully you get some tests in with some of the suggestions that we made here before you just like oh yeah screw it I'm going with this uh, so speaking of I can confirm that uh, the last list we talked about the one from talk Polite, he messaged me later on after he heard the episode and said that he ran the 17 we suggested and that it was like a real swingy game. He ended up pulling it out for a victory, but that it, it was it was a lot of fun. So I'm happy to hear that. Good. Yeah. So Merzane, we're we're kind of approaching the limit on time here, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we're gonna have time to cover another list, but to the ones that sent us their list, thank you so much. And um Merzane, I think we're gonna cover your list next week because we got that. Memphis tournament coming up in uh, about three weeks. So I think covering that next week will be really good. And I want to find a way where we can get two lists in per episode. So, you know, it's just, it's just really fun conversation and it's, it's fun kind of discovering things as we go along. And so I hope that the suits out there have enjoyed this as much as we have and uh, know that it's not just for us, that it's for you guys. And we hope that, uh, that y'all are getting something of value out of this and, one of the things that I like that we do, Merzane, and I hope that the suits will agree with this, is we don't just suggest the same thing every time. 
because not every list makes sense for everything. So I feel like yeah. we're doing a good job at that. Yeah, like we were talking about fallback uh, earlier. And one of the reasons I didn't suggest fallback is because it's my go-to, but I know it's not the go-to for everything. And I thought, and I wanted to push myself to pick to get something different. Yeah, no, and that's and that's a good thing. And I never choose fallback. Like I don't, I personally don't particularly like fallback. So the fact that I suggested it is one of those like you know kind of weird things. But either way, I hope that uh, we are doing a good enough job and being enough varied enough for the suits out there and uh, taking a look at things that are a little bit different and a little bit interesting and all of that fun stuff. But uh, also, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Exalted Tilapia. He sent us a list that I really want to cover. So we're going to try to get that in here at some point. It's called Defenders Forever. So you can just let your mind wander as to what that might be. So I I really, really, really want to cover that list because it looks like a lot of fun. So we'll be trying to get that in soon. And uh, Merzane, what's a little teaser for the suits out there about what you're working on currently? Uh, well, I'm not going to give you the the joke name we've given it locally, uh, but it's Shield and Sentinels. There you go. There you go. I can't wait to talk about Shieldinals. that. Shieldinals. Shieldinals. And I can't wait for us to be matched up with my Convocation and Sentinels versus your Shield and Sentinels, and we'll see who comes out on top. Uh, hopefully the government. Nah, no, hopefully the wizards. They, they're magical. Okay? They're, they're, well, they're, magic happens. But... Magic needs to be mandated by the government. <laughs> whoa, specifically whoa. Nicholas. Nicholas Fury. You can't stop these card tricks. So the last thing before we kind of polish this baby off, as it were, is, Merzane, I know you have been playing a lot of Marvel Snap lately. I've been playing a lot of Marvel Snap lately. And uh, we got to give the suits out there what our favorite Marvel Snap cards are right now this week. Oh, uh, I haven't played it a lot lately because I've been really addicted to Moonlighter, uh, and that's all I can think about. But uh, Spectrum has remained my favorite since I got her at the start. And I'm not like super far into it, uh, but I love her. Okay, Spectrum is a good good option there. I like Spectrum quite a bit as well. She allows your ongoing effect cards to get plus two power. And what's really cool about that is it can kind of surprise people. Like if they're sitting there with like a Colossus... And like an armor, just chilling, all of a sudden those two have two more power. And it's it's a really nice little play. So I really like that a lot. That's that's a good call. Oh, yeah. For me, my current favorite character is Killmonger. Because he just blows up one-cost cards, yours and your opponent's. So you have to think about that. But he just blows it up. Like he's like, okay, cool. You've got all those one cost cards. Oh, there's a sunspot just sitting there gaining all this power, and he's not protected. Goodbye. Rude. It's super rude, and I super love it. So, uh, suits with that. If you uh, want to hear more Marvel Snap content and stuff like that from me and House Party Protocol as a brand, just let us know. Send us emails at housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com. You can send me messages on Facebook. I uh, really responsive over there. And also, if you are interested in supporting the show in any way, you can check out the House Party Protocol Patreon. It's patreon.com slash housepartyprotocol, where for as little as a dollar a month or, let me see, one, two, three, carry the three, yeah, 12 bucks a year, you can support the show. So 
I really appreciate all the suits out there. To all of the Mark V suits, thank you so much. To any suit out there that just gives us the time to sit here and listen to us ramble, it, uh, it is greatly appreciated. And I, I got to say, I am uh, incredibly grateful for, for what you guys allow me to do here. It is, it is, is really wonderful, and I'm constantly humbled by it. And uh, I'm excited for meeting as many suits as I can one day. And um, yeah, it's, it's just wonderful. So, so thank you all so very much for your support. I am eternally grateful. And uh, also, if you haven't done it already, make sure to check out the Battle Kiwi. There is a link in the description and use code PARTYKIWI and you can get 10% off a battle box from them. Highly recommend. It is, it is very nice. I really love it. I took it up to Warfare Weekend and in an effort to keep everything organized and together, it was perfect. I absolutely loved it. Made things easy. Everything was all easily accessible and uh, my opponent was able to see everything really well. Like I was a dials guy before, and uh, yeah, and I'm I'm very very much in love with what they have uh, created over there. So make sure to check that out with code Party Kiwi. Zane, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on the Gamers Guild podcast, where uh, fresh podcasts are sold, um, and occasionally on the YouTube channel where Nate typically resides. Um, and to second your bat your battle kiwi box, uh, a friend of mine and I are also pretty close to putting in an order for a couple. Uh, we're doing custom logos. I call I talked to them and they said it was okay to do custom. Just let them know what you want in your order number. Uh, I don't know if that's an invitation. I, I would still message them and make sure, right? Like, uh, absolutely. Like, hey, I want to do this. Um, and but ours are easy. Mine is going to be the Gamers Guild logo, like you did your house party protocol. And uh, his, he's doing a custom look. This is my friend that came to NashCon with us, and he was, uh, he got very popular for having his, his box that he brought everything with was a literal box, uh, that said "not trash," <laughs> on the lid of it, so his wife wouldn't throw it away. Uh, so his battle kiwi box, his battle box is gonna say "not trash" on on the top. Love it, <laughs> love it. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so good. Yeah, so shout out to Battle Kiwi. They're awesome over there, and uh, you know they've, they're hooking up the suits and everything, so I got to say it's, uh, it's really cool to talk to them. And also, I, uh, I might have some other fun little sponsorship things in the works, which I am super stoked for. And then uh, also, uh, first of the year, we're going to be adding some more merch to the merch store because, unfortunately, two of my designs got copyright struck or something, so... <laughs> We, uh, oh, I don't, no. yeah, I don't know what that's all about, but whatever. I'm hopefully going to be able to fix that at some point, but uh, also we'll have new designs at the first of the year. So I'm extremely stoked for that. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, lots of fun things happening. Also, uh, we're going to be announcing the next giveaway on next week's episode. It will be the Weapon X box that's coming out. So just be prepared for that. And, uh, let's see, anything else I need to say? I don't think so. So, uh, yeah, it, uh, I think that's about it. And uh, with that, party on, Merzane. Party on, Will. Empower down suits. Mm-hmm.